<laughs> I'm not laughing at the rain, I'm laughing at Petrano, but I'll take the blame for this one. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Get him a cup of water. 11 minutes after 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This Thursday morning, Greg Pancake Hill producing the show. Eric Bilstead and Vince Petrano here with you until 9 o'clock. At some point in a negotiation, you reach this is the last best offer. We've heard a lot about negotiating, talking about negotiating in Washington over raising the debt ceiling, president involved, House, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy involved, various others. We're negotiating. We're still talking. Things yeah, are moving. Things yeah. are changing. Been talking about that here at the state level. Maybe you've been involved in negotiations yourself personally, whether it's buying a car or whether it's for a raise with your boss or whatever it is. Or maybe you're the boss where you're having that back and forth with someone you want to hire. At some point, somebody reaches the end and it's like there's no more compromising. There's no more talking. Here's the offer. Take it or leave it. But is it really <laughs> the end? At some point it is. You're questioning whether or not we're at the end yeah. in terms of the state and the state shared revenue and the deal that was passed in the assembly yesterday. Speaker Robin Voss says they're done. We are done negotiating. Uh, we are not going to take changes. We are not going to change the bill substantially. But <laughs> there could still be some changes, right? I mean, there's still some discussion. The state Senate has to get involved. The state Senate has to know what it wants. It might send something back. Meanwhile, they're voting on something they're not sure is if it's going to be exactly that. Democrats fired up about it. This bill reminds me of when I was younger and I tried to get a piece of my grandmother's cake while it was still in the oven in the middle of the baking process. And she said, baby, it ain't even done yet. And uh, I would have burned hands. <laughs> so there's that. And I would have burned hands. Oh, by the way. <laughs> With respect to the Honorable State Representative there, I've never wanted a half, half-finished half cake. That one hadn't occurred to me. Hey. I see where he was going there. He's saying we're not done yet. Mm -hmm. But what they just passed out of his chamber, the Speaker says we are done. The city leaders, the governor, don't they don't like the idea of the referendum that's going to be put in place or would need to be put in place for the sales tax here in Milwaukee. And then you have State Representative Bob Donovan, who has come to play in his first term. I'm impressed with yeah. Former Alderman Bob Donovan's work as a state rep. He's uh, confident that something eventually will get done and that Milwaukee will be on board with it. I'm going to want to do some celebrating, but I'm not going to go to Disney World. If we get a deal with Milwaukee, I'm going to Luxembourg. <laughs> and I'm going to look up an old friend. Thank you. And I'm not staying, if that's what you think, <laughs> Eric. Would, would, they have, would they have tea in Luxembourg? Of course, uh, former Mayor Tom Barrett, now the U.S. Ambassador in Luxembourg. Uh, Robin Voss had this to say about that, that by the way. That is not going to be taxpayer-funded. See, it's all good times in Madison. We're good, yeah. we're through, we're done, everybody's happy. But not. <laughs> and so I want to explore this morning whether or not this, in fact, is a done deal, what's in it, what's not, and how it affects not just Milwaukee. We've talked a ton about Milwaukee. Milwaukee city leaders and county leaders have been involved. They've been in the room where it happens, involved in these negotiations, but I want to broaden it out a little bit. So for some perspective on how this sausage is getting made, whether or not this is, in fact, a done deal, and uh, whether or not it works for everyone here in southeast Wisconsin. I want to bring in Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrell, who is with us this morning. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time here, Paul. 
Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Let me start with this because, you know, we've been in touch in this process. I've gone back and forth with you and a few things as I've looked into the background of this. I've read some of the comments that you've made. I've heard some of the things that you've said publicly so far. And now that we have this deal put together, I wonder, I mean, it seems to me like you've been sort of saying more politely than this, that Waukesha is really not getting a good good deal out of this. I mean, is, the, is that fair? I should have put it more bluntly. Feel like you've been saying Waukesha is getting screwed, but I know you wouldn't say that. Well, I did. Okay, here here's the thing. First of all, before we we talk about everything else, with regards to baking a cake, if we're talking about cookie dough, I'm a raw cookie dough guy. I'll take the raw cookie dough before the <laughs> there you go. cookie any day of the week. That's true. But and there is cake batter, this, ice cream, and whatnot. So yeah, maybe he was onto something. When you there. look at this. Yeah, when you look at this legislation, um, I got to tell you, it's it's. I wouldn't say sad. I'm kind of disappointed to hear that the speaker is done negotiating. If you think about it, for the first time in five years, we have the governor, the speaker, and the majority leader in the Senate actually negotiating on legislation. And what you saw yesterday, the, the bill that passed, with all due respect, there are winners and losers. I understand that. But Waukesha County is dead last when it comes to the shared revenue formula. What we're looking at right now is $9.45 per person is what we would receive in shared revenue. To give you a quick perspective on that, Milwaukee is, and I just lost it, is going to be $58 per person. So it. It's one where we hope there's still negotiation. We, we are looking at the opportunities, um, especially with the Senate, to see if there's things we can work on with them. Uh, I will tell you that the speakers out there saying that this is an historic change. This is epic. The problem is when I hear those words, that means we're not coming back for 20 years. And what they're giving us today isn't going to help me with my budget completely next year. After talking, that, I'm back to square one. Sorry, Paul. We're talking with Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrell. He is with us live here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Let me follow up on that point that you raised about per capita, how much comes back to counties and to municipalities. You hear all the time from Milwaukee, we put in more than we're getting back in state-shared revenue. But then you offer that per capita disparity. So is someone spinning on this, or can both things be true? When you think about it, both things can be true. I, and I'm looking at numbers right now in front of me. Waukesha County provides $1.5 billion of revenue to the state. We're going to receive $380 million back in shared revenue. Milwaukee, when you look at their numbers, they provide two, just over $2 billion to the state, and they're going to receive $54 million back in shared revenue. So, yeah, we are givers. Our county is a huge giver. Theirs is a big giver. But I'm getting 0.25%, a quarter of a percent back to provide for all the services that the state mandates that we provide at Waukesha County. And it's not enough. I mean, we're, that's the challenge. We're seeing very tight budgets. We have been fiscally prudent for decades. We're a AAA bond rated, which means we're one of the best counties in the entire country. And we're still not rewarded for being fiscally prudent. And I understand Milwaukee's got challenges. We know about the pension issues. All I'm saying to you guys, we've been doing everything right. Give us a little credit for doing that.
Well, I, that's the part I'm confused at is why there seems to be winners and losers, especially when we have this giant pile of money, <laughs> the surplus that I keep going back to, the $6 billion that everyone is swimming in. Uh, Paul, one question I have is when, I mean, obviously, if the state Senate isn't on board, they're not on board. So if they change it and send it back, then that is negotiating. I mean, to suggest no negotiation would suggest that if the Senate changes anything, then we're done and this is all for naught. Yeah, that's the question. And I know the Senate talking with senators over there, there's individuals that are looking at opportunities to make some adjustments. Uh, I know that they're not comfortable with some of the language that's in there for Milwaukee. And they're also looking at the rest of the state. I mean, you know, we keep in mind that we talk a lot about southeast Wisconsin. And I look at what happens throughout the rest of the state, and there are areas that need this. And when you look at these numbers, there are areas that are going to get support. But, Eric, like you said, we have $6.9 because they've adjusted it down. $6.9 billion surplus. They're negotiating a 43 to $50 billion budget, and we're, not, we're getting rounding errors. $260 million is what they're looking to put into this pot. The $300 million they talk about for the innovation grant only lasts for three years. That's like ARPA money for us. We might get something started, but we're going to have to figure out how to pick up the pieces on right. the back side of it. So I just look at the $260 million. If they really want to make historic changes, let's figure out how the formula works across the board, get it done, and put us in a position that we know in the next 10, 15, 20 years, we're still going to be in good shape. So, Paul, why isn't a voice like yours cutting through in this, these are your Republican colleagues. You were in the state Senate. You know these guys, and you're on the same same side of the aisle. I'm surprised that your voice isn't carrying more weight in, in this negotiation. You know, I, I think, Vince, one of the things they're looking at is the numbers. When you look at what municipalities, the cities, the towns, the villages, and the counties are receiving, it's a lot of money. And for people that go budget to budget, we try to figure out every single year what we're doing. This is a big windfall for this year. But in Waukesha County, we project out five to seven years. We're looking far ahead to say, okay, how do we make sure our capital, the roads that we're doing, the buildings that we're constructing, how are we paying for them? How are we making sure that we're being good fiscal stewards? And when we do that, we realize that what we're getting today even with the sales tax increase they talk about, which would be about $100,000 plus for us, isn't enough to make ends meet as we keep moving along. And I think that's the challenge. They look at the percentages. I mean, Waukesha County, 510% increase over what we've been receiving. But if you have a dollar and you get a 1,000% increase, you get $1,000. It's still in the picture, not much. Man, that used to bug me. Yeah, that used to bug me when I would negotiate deals. Like, we'd come in and talk to the boss and say, like, I'd like X number of dollars. Well, that's a 13% increase. I can't, yeah, but it's like a few thousand dollars. (laughs) Let's do the math on that. Nothing is nothing, right. Hey, Paul, uh, real quick. As I say, percentages, percentages don't pay the bills, the dollars do. How do you expect this to end? Do you expect the Senate to be listening to you right now and making some tweaks and then they'll figure this out and the governor will get on board? Or. Is this going to be a more cynical end to this where everyone just throws up their hands? Well, this is what I want. This is what they want. Well, I guess nothing's going to happen. You know, I have faith in the Senate. I got some, some great Senate friends that are there, and I think they will look at this and say, okay, what can we do to make sure this works? 
Uh, and I am looking forward to continuing conversations with them and, and see what we can do. Uh, I've been in the same spots, uh, both in the Assembly and then in the Senate, where we've had a bill. We negotiated it. One House passed it. The other House made changes. It brought back. We discussed it, and we passed it together. I think we can see that happen again. And I, like I said, I'm excited for the first time we're seeing leadership talk with the governor and actually get things done. I hope they continue the negotiations. County Executive Paul Farrell from Waukesha County. Always appreciate your perspective, perspective, Paul. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News. It's really been over 10 years that MMAC, the city and the county, have said, let us have the opportunity to have a referendum. We think we can convince the people. Uh, Actually, even in Governor Evers' own budget, he proposed a referendum for Milwaukee City and County. Eight twenty-six on Wisconsin's morning news on political nego- negotiations. You have the president today overseas in Japan. He's there for the G seven summit. And he had a couple of more stops on the back end of that tour that he has canceled. Yes. Yeah, so originally it was going to be a longer trip after the G summit. He's in Japan right now. There is Marine Corps Air Station plane just outside the G seven summit in Hiroshima. So this is the part that was planned. He was going to go there anyway. Now the president now it looks like he's dancing. I'm that's not it. No, but he's meeting with he's meeting with Japanese officials today ahead of the summit. But yes, obviously he's side eyeing back here at home, wondering what's going to happen with the debt ceiling deal. And he's actually cut his trip short because of the negotiation process. This was supposed to be a major foreign trip for President Biden, but the dysfunction back in Washington, that game of chicken over the national debt, has undermined him overseas. He's canceled stops in Australia and Papua New Guinea, and the negotiations continue. The clock keeps ticking. So he cancels this trip to Papua New Guinea. That's a huge deal for that country. Listen to this. They had declared next Monday a public holiday in anticipation of an historic visit by U.S. President Joe Biden and other leaders, police were tightening security, billboards were going up, and people were getting ready to sing and dance in the oh, streets. Okay. Expectations were high for what would have been the first visit by a U.S. president in any Pacific Island nation. So the idea of a sitting president being at any of these islands was such a huge deal. They were doing all this stuff, and then... No, I'm sorry, can't can't do it anymore. Well, and he's disappointed too because he was supposed to go zip lining. He had a number of shore excursions. <laughs> he was meeting with. <laughs> I think he's going to ride a horse on the beach. Right? right? Yes, we're all awesome. set. We already paid for half of this. We didn't get the deposit back. <laughs> no, that part not true. And fair enough for for the people of <laughs> zip lining. <laughs> anyway, he was supposed to go to Australia too. Did he have a? Uh, an outback safari planned as well. <laughs> You're right. God, we didn't take the insurance on that. I don't know. We're talking with the travel agent. No, no. In all seriousness, and in fairness to the people of Papua New Guinea, obviously to prepare for a visit of that magnitude is important. Sends important messages. You meet with leaders about various other things, and the also the reason that you can't go doesn't look good either. Stuff's so messed up back in your country that right. you can't be here on this scheduled visit. That said, I don't know. Is it dysfunction? He's meeting with the Speaker of the House. You have other congressional leaders involved in these conversations, tense as they may be, close to the deadline as it may be. They're talking and they're negotiating, and things are moving. And it looks like people are getting a little bit of what they want on both sides. For months, Biden insisted he would not negotiate over the debt ceiling, accusing Republicans of holding the economy hostage to get their way on spending cuts. 
But with the clock ticking, Biden changed his tune, and the outlines of a deal are emerging. ABC's Terry Moran. And if you want to point to dysfunction, like these are conversations I suppose, that could have happened months ago. When was it? February? When it's we been first started talking yep. about the yep. debt ceiling, and then there was like, well, it's, uh, it's end of this week, end of this week, end of this week. And they're like, well, actually, June... But there have been months that they could have been working on this, no question. And just real quick, uh, what would happen here? What are some of the negotiating uh, pieces here? Republicans would agree to raise the debt limit for one year in exchange for spending cuts or caps on spending, climb back some of the unspent COVID funds and some tougher work requirements. One year seems tough, though. I'll grant them that. If, if, I, would, if I were to give President Biden a chip there to throw in, like, you got to give me more than one year. We're not doing this again starting in nine yeah. months. Again and again. Every right. year we do it again. So, okay, maybe there's something that he has. Maybe that's some leverage that he has. If Republicans can give a little on that. He can give back on some of these other things that they want. It's not unreasonable what they're asking for in terms of giving back unused COVID funds. Where's all that money going? What are some of the budget restrictions? They... They won the House. Both sides will claim victory, and Fine. our digital influencers will go to social media and say why the other side sucks. <laughs> that part I don't need. If you all want to say we won, fine. 831 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Thirty-four on Wisconsin's Morning News, aptly played by Greg Pancake Hill. A little patience, Eric. We'll get there. We'll get there before the June 1 deadline, and then we'll forget that this all happened. We've been, now we've never been this close before, but we've been up Is against right? the debt we've... ceiling. I don't think so. Hmm. How many times have we you talked about default. the debt all right. Yeah, you're right. You How many times have we talked about the debt ceiling thing? It's the end of the world, 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 and then they fix it. So like, and they do until they don't. Yeah, kick the can for a bit. Right. So it'll happen. Full confidence. I feel like I don't know much about the markets, but I feel like the markets are responding to more positive talk from both the president and Speaker McCarthy. Had a good day yesterday. Dow was up more than four hundred points. So people are buying into. There's they're going to figure this out. Well, today, (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow, it'll drop a thousand after somebody says the wrong thing. I don't know. I'm not sure if the president is going to be back in time. Bah! Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> he is going to Papua New Guinea now. From the you got a real hard time from those guys over there. They convinced. <laughs> it's like guys on the college trip. Dude, you got to come. Right. No, man. The I, recruiter, I, I, the I stay back home. My, yep, my yep. kid is in this tournament now. My wife said I can't. Oh, dude, you got to come. We're having such a good time. Everybody's here, here already. Dude, you can still come out Sunday. Can't you just come out Sunday? We're going to go zip lining. I, I really can't. Guys, I really can't. There's so much going on at home. No, dude. Just like you'll be back. So, so that's the discussion. That's what's happening right now. Papua New Guinea and President. Yes. Biden. No, dude. Like right. just for the day. Eight forty nine on Wisconsin's morning news. It's been described as eerily similar to the chase that resulted in the death of Princess Diana. The royals of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle claim they were chased through the streets of New York at high speed by paparazzi. This is a moment that Harry would have no doubt been dreading his whole life. He's always spoken about the fear of history repeating itself. And what we heard about the events described from the couple's 
spokespeople was straight out of Princess Diana's story. But was it, though? That was uh, Omid Scobie. He is a royal expert. Exactly what is alleged to have happened here? Some holes in the story already this morning. ABC's Trevor Alt. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, along with Meghan's mother, Doria Ragland, arrived at the Women of Vision Awards in New York City to a swarm of flashing cameras. It was Harry's first public appearance since the coronation. But their exit took a dangerous turn, according to a spokesperson who says they were involved in a near-catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. So chaotic indeed, but catastrophic, that is being debated. Haven't seen any video, which is, first of all, one of the things that is odd to me, Eric, about the story of being chased for hours through the streets of New York at, quote-unquote, high speed. You think that whether it's security cameras or cell phone video, there'd be something Somebody's got a piece of video somewhere. Some ring doorbell camera somewhere on a business. Some of the video that we keep seeing over and over again is... Oddly reminiscent to the Diana stuff, too. It's a shot of them leaving the gathering that they were at. And with great sensitivity to that, that's something that Prince Harry carries around with him forever. A trauma in his life. And surely he would see and feel and read those signs from the paparazzi and those situations that he finds himself in. Would read that differently than do other people. That said, this just sounds like it didn't happen like their spokesperson is claiming it happened. Even the mayor of New York is a bit skeptical. I find it hard to believe, but we will find out the exact duration of it. But if it's uh, 10 minutes, a 10-minute chase is extremely dangerous in New York City. Someone texted in earlier as well, Old National Bank talking text line saying, how can you, and you made this point as well, how can there be a high-speed chase in New York? You can't get anywhere fast. No. In New York, ever in a car, right? in a cab. For it to last that long. And, the, you know, the taxi cab driver also said, well, I'm not sure if it was Chase. A... I mean, and this is, I, I wish they would just hire like a new PR consultant because every time, what what's the reaction whenever you hear their name now? It's, oh, it's what's scoff. It? It's, it's Ferris Bueller. Hello, Jeannie. Who's bothering you now? Yeah, yeah, it is. And whether that's fair or not, that's what everyone thinks. They're getting pushed back on this now. So like... Find a new PR strategy where it's not you always being the victim. <laughs> like, let's find another way to be out there and doing your philanthropic work or whatever it is. Because, and I'm not suggesting this didn't happen. It'd be nice to see some more video to, to, I'm happy to eat crow on it, but boy, it's just something a, happened. Yeah, right? clearly. Like, and I'm sure there probably was a motorcycle on the, on the sidewalk because that kind of stuff will happen if you're they trying said to. Paparazzi were driving motorcycles, scooters, and cars, also some on bicycle. So, yeah, it's nuts. And these guys are nuts. Zipping all over the place, running around. Chaotic, yes. Was it near catastrophic? Doesn't sound like it. 852 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Eight fifty six on Wisconsin's morning news. Steve Scafidi in the house as he gets set to take over the wheel. Yeah, turn my mic on. Yeah, I'm excited about the show today. Got a lot of different things. Here's here's what I'm gonna start with today. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you covered this, but Paul Ryan had his portrait unveiled yesterday. I was just in the Capitol last Tuesday. Stunning. Yes, great. 
Let's be honest. He's, he a, photo, he's a photogenic guy. My favorite part about that was see, they, they pull back the curtain, you know, yeah. and he looks over at his wife, yeah. uh, almost as if saying, eh, how about this guy up not, here? Not too shabby. Not huh? too bad, eh? Okay, huh? I said he's a good-looking guy, but I'm sick and tired of people taking shots at Paul Ryan. I get the political stuff. He may not have been, you know, the guy that you wanted when, when you're, when you have a representative in the first congressional district, which I live in and he was my congressman. But as far as doing the job of a politician, he mentioned it in his remarks, which I'm going to play. He had bipartisan support for many of the things he accomplished. That became a dirty word. That's the modern era of politics. Anybody that works with the other side now is demonized. Paul Ryan, for all his warts, all the things people didn't like about him, he got stuff done. That's why I respect him. I'm going to spend some time on that. I'm sick and tired of people complaining about him. You know, I respect him. Like, I believe him to be in, do I, do I know him personally? Do we hang out and have dinner? No, but for however many years we've been doing this, right, he's been around. I think he's a good and decent person. He is. Outside of politics not or question. outside of whatever. Not in but Did he fall short here? Did he not achieve There's frustration that he could have a, yeah. a thicker spine by the end of the... Uh... Still good and decent person, though. Sure. Right? And to be honest... It's the however, noodly spine, however, what some people are suggesting. However long it took him to get to where he is, he's saying, I don't want Trump being the nominee. I want that kind of fresh talk. I want someone to say, I don't want Trump anywhere near that RNC because I think he's dangerous for the party. Paul Ryan has said that. It took him a while. It took a lot of people a while. I was saying this two years ago, and people are looking at me, why are you saying that? Trump's popular. I could care less. He's a fool. And for Paul Ryan to come out and say in strong words, I don't want to be anywhere near this guy, I have a lot of respect for that. That's it. And you got lots of room for it. Steve Scafidi is <laughs> next for three hours. I'm going to want to do some celebrating, but I'm not going to go to Disney World. If we get a deal with Milwaukee, I'm going to Luxembourg. <laughs> and I'm going to look up an old friend. Thank you. Uh, that is not going to be taxpayer funded. I want to make sure we point that out. <laughs> 